0: I do ask anybody's question but yours, if you're an idiot.
1: My wife can score more than two buckets on 11 shots,
0: because I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. I want they bury me upside down, and my critics can kiss my Week one in the books of the college basketball season, the 2020 rendition. It was weird. It was wonky. There were some upsets, and we're but here we're to here. break it down. We're here. And we that's are all here. That I mean, right it's now. happening. We made it. It's it's feels great to just have it back in some capacity. Did and... you
1: think we would be here? Let, let, let's rewind back to hmm, let's go let's go to June. Okay. Okay. Thi- we're in the thick of things. Did you think we would be here
0: right now? Yes, but not maybe not in august honestly august is when i got most worried early august once college football once the big so yeah, 10 you got canceled, the college football
1: scaries right
0: yeah that's when i was like well i mean they're gonna do everything in their power to make college football happen if that can't happen then call college- in pac-12 remember they even pushed back dates and, and that big looks kind of kept now. saying yeah. "Well, we're not playing football and we're that here, was peak and that's all that my- matters yeah, that was peak of my concerns. And then from there on, once football started, and even though football was, as we've talked about, has tons of hiccups and this basketball season's going to have tons of hiccups and cancelizations and postponements, I was still like, yeah, they're going to push forward and they need the money too bad, especially basketball. So that's where we're at. And that's not but, to
1: minimize the, the impact of the virus, but... Oh, no.
0: Yeah. I think this can work. I really it's do. It's kind of silly when we're like so focused on can these college athletes play for no money during a global pandemic when you stop and think about it but i think we all are in it for the right like if you just understand that going in then you know it's it is what it is it's college basketball and and that's why we love it it's been weird without the fans though right it's can i say this it, it's not the same it,
1: i listen i don't watch a lot of hockey and from from what i gather from twitter is that hockey was just awful without the fans it, when they went to that playoff bubble and yeah. that that quasi round of playoffs that they had when they expanded to twenty four teams? But this sucked. I mean, watching the <laughs> Champions Classic last night in a in an empty Cameron in an empty Bankers Life Fieldhouse, sticky V that was, just was
0: ranting and that it,
1: was weird. the The pumped in crowd noise was awful at Cameron. I mean, I. It sucked watching that. It was so sad, so depressing to watch that scene. Now, Louisville had fans, which was weird. But yeah. aside from that, I think that was the only game I've watched over the past week that's actually had fans at it. Now, some may have like, like what, Coach K's wife was there at the at the game, but that doesn't count. So sitting there, watching all of that, just weird, man. And I don't know if I like it. And I'm not one to say, oh well, we should just wait until there's fans, so yeah, we Can I get you. college basketball back up and running, but I hated that. I hated like I I loved watching the basketball. I hated watching the ambiance of this entire past week. Maybe
0: it'll improve, but it you almost did have to stay. watch the games on mute. I think. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but just watching these arenas. Like, we've watched, I've watched the Dean Dome in tons of games. I've watched the Carrier Dome in tons of games. I've watched, I don't know where else they played I mean, where was week.
1: Georgetown playing? Georgetown was playing at, like, <laughs> yeah. a practice facility. I feel like yeah. a lot of these teams, and, like, I don't know why Marquette. Marquette's playing at the Fiserv Forum. Just just go play at the McGuire Center. I, I don't get that. I mean, I hope St. John's isn't playing at the Garden for any of these games. St. John's should be playing at Karnasek Arena. Yeah, like, no. everyone should be playing in their practice gyms. I think that'll help everyone's sort of
0: sanity with all of this. It doesn't look like the arenas that we've watched for years because you have the weird, and I know that's kind of- There's no ballrooms either. Yeah, we've been exposed to it a little bit with the NBA and the players sitting in that odd bench formation where it's all spread out. And, you know, part of me is like, why are we even like going through all the trouble of the mask? I, I get it though, because I think it's mostly just an optics thing. And you see some coaches have just sort of abandoned it to like, Yell at their players during the game. Yeah, or... I
1: mean we got we have chin diaper Cal who <laughs> CDC CDC recommended CDC chin diaper Cal and I'm wondering like I mean he didn't have it did he I'm trying I don't to think, think like because so. I remember did Tom, though, and he, he dropped did, his before and, the and tip <laughs> Tom Izzo he had it and, and he's been one of the biggest
0: guys of I'm gonna wear it at all times too so. I mean, we're testing all the players, so there's really, I have no problem with them dropping it. It's just kind of a funny dynamic to see, like, Jim Beheim, who just tested positive for COVID, not, like, treating his mask with any sort of, like, it's just not a huge priority for him to keep that mask on. And
1: And we saw it in in the NBA. We saw it, like, it's, I feel like it's human nature. You don't you don't talk with something around your mouth, when, when, especially yeah. when you have to yell. You try to do everything in your power to, to project your voice, and if that means ripping down your mask, that's what you're gonna do. Now th- that's human nature. That doesn't mean it's right. So, I I think listen, just mask up. It, it's gonna be a weird season. Everyone's gonna be be muffled screams a little bit for the year, but hey. For for some of these coaches, that might help. Like everyone, I feel like is playing at Vanderbilt's arena right now, where everyone's kind of on <laughs> yeah. the base. The benches are on the baselines. Like that—that's what everyone's dealing with right now, with having to to yell through the mask.
0: Yeah, Scottie Pippen Junior. has kind of been going off for Vanderbilt, by the way. But we're gonna do stock Scottie up. Scottie Pippen Junior. is also in, in the news for other
1: reasons too. Yeah, that's <laughs> you true. See, he's liking all these tweets. Like I feel so bad <laughs> for Scottie Pippen Junior.
0: <laughs> um, so we're gonna do stock up, stock down today and come up with just some some fun things that we noticed in the first week of college basketball. We'll probably get into most of the big upsets and most of the big games and recap our opinions on where some of the, the notable movers in the rankings stand at this point. Maybe get into to Jeff Goodman's top 25, leaving out Virginia, and, and the overreactions of week one. It's It's a tradition unlike any other when you see people getting on there like, are we sure Virginia can win the big game, or... Is Kentucky really bad this year? I mean, don't we know by now, all these college teams stink in the first week of the season. And yeah. we we're watching the Champions Classic last night. Part of me is just like, yeah, this is awesome. But outside of Gonzaga, everyone looked bad. Like every yeah, college was... Kansas won last
1: was. night on 30% from the field. Like yeah. that's all you need to know. The defensive <laughs> right.
0: style is back. Like, okay, so so where do you want to start with this? Let's, let's do stock up. Let's start on a positive note. And we can, we can trade off back and forth on just our stock ups.
1: Okay, can I start with one? Let's just stock up for the freshmen, okay? How about the performances we saw this week? Cade Cunningham is phenomenal. I tweeted last night. For, if you're an NBA team right now, why would you trade for Ben Simmons when you can keep your assets and tank and potentially get Cade Cunningham? Yeah, he's because the real deal. The the passes that he makes, I mean, there's one play where it doesn't really look like he does anything. So Marquette, Oklahoma State last night, and Marquette turns the ball over right around midcourt, and Cade Cunningham gets it, and he pushes it ahead to a teammate who's standing at about the three-point line. They've got a two-on-one going, and Cade Cunningham's on the wing, and he's cutting towards the basket, and the defender thinks the entire time the ball's going to Cade, and just shifts his entire focus there. Meanwhile, it just creates an easy layup. I forget who who, uh, who, who made the layup, but it was just an easy layup because Cade Cunningham draws so much attention. The one pass where it was off a block, he catches it in the corner, and then one hand like does not skip a beat. One hand just whips it into the center, and, and they get an easy bucket out of that. They're creating chances in transition.
0: He just does all these things like that turnaround fadeaway that yeah. just looked NBA. I mean, what are his weaknesses? I can't figure it out. I mean, maybe defensive instincts or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't but... watched
1: it. Uh, I haven't really keened in on him defensively, but I mean, there are so many things to like about this kid. I, I, he is probably my favorite watch through one week. Yeah, I'm maybe Jalen Suggs. Through. Suggs was J- up there too. No, but I. Yeah, Suggs was great, but Suggs has, like, like Gonzaga's got Villanova vibes to him, right? Like that that's that's what we're feeling out of out of the Bulldogs and we'll get to them in a second, but yeah. He's different. He's different. And it sucks he's not going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament, but and and for me right now, I'm just hoping he doesn't opt out at any point. And I think maybe the family thing, the fact that he's got family on staff there will keep him around a little bit longer. So I I'm praying he doesn't opt out that
0: that's cuz he can't play in the tournament but i'm praying praying he does not opt out i don't think he will because if you're that talented the only knock on you could be what is your background what is your knowledge of the sport and how much do you love playing the sport and that would be kind of a red flag to the nba execs i think if he but this he, is he,
1: also a different circumstance yeah, too
0: yeah it is i mean everyone's going through and like, doesn't it kind of show things? a
1: loyalty factor that he could have left and he stayed at Oklahoma State. Like, he could have left once the ban was handed down, and he's choosing to stay and kind of ride this out no matter what. Right. I said this before the season. Although Curmudgeon Scout probably says, well, he doesn't like winning enough if he can't win a national championship.
0: (laughs) Well, that's ludicrous. But I said this before the season. If you were doing, let's just pretend that NCAA College Hoops is back, the video game, and you could do a fantasy draft like you can in 2K – and create your own team from scratch, like reorganize the league, basically. He's the number one pick, and I don't really think there's a close second. I guess Garza would be second. Yeah, Garza Garza's
1: definitely second. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking Cade all day, yeah. every day, number one. And so I, I did my stock up as just freshmen in general, and now we've gone on for like four or five minutes of literally just Cade Cunningham. There are other freshmen, too. So yeah. Jalen Suggs, phenomenal with Gonzaga. Zaire Williams looks like the real deal, too, with Stanford. I mean, that Stanford team was fun to watch. Sure, they lost to UNC, but they kept it pretty close the entire time, and they were up big at a lot of points in that game as well. So I'm really impressed with what I've seen out of the freshmen so far this year. I'm missing some, too. Um, Mobley, he was great. Yeah, Evan Mobley was great from USC. I mean, UNC, they have some quality guys, too. Walker Kessler, who I like to call Walker Kessler Ranger, Um, we have to, we have to jump in on that nickname before everyone else does. So I like, I like everything that I saw of the UNC guys. So, and I'm sure I'm missing plenty of others along the way, but I've liked what I've seen out of the freshmen early on. Even Duke, I think Duke isn't that great and and we'll probably get into more of their stuff later, but, um, Illinois with Adam Miller, Adam Miller's fantastic for that team. So stock up, the freshmen are, are living up to the hype early on.
0: So speaking of UNC, we have not seen the Maui final yet. We're recording the morning of that game, but one of my stock ups, I think, regardless of what happened in this Maui final, I'm ready to say it: Shaka Smart's job security stock up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, was it the hair? Is that His the hair cured? also up? Yeah. Yeah. I, although I think the hair is—it's a tough look at times. Yeah, the I, I hair still might haven't... be stock down, but but job yeah. security stock up. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't know. Texas is a fun team to watch. They've got three or four guys that just can jump out of the gym. They've got some shooters. and it's weird because I, I would have said stock down if you told me this two days ago when they barely squeaked by Davidson and they looked like they had some flaws. But then they win in a totally different way against Indiana. and Indiana's got a great front court. They got Trace Jackson, Davis, Reese Thompson, and they just shut them down despite some foul trouble. I think Chaka might really have some... They're up to four on Ken Pom. I mean, that's crazy to me. I think that's a little high, but we'll see what they do against UNC, and we'll probably recap that game later in the week. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing, though, from the Longhorns. When you factor in who they have, it, it's Kai Brown, it's...
1: Greg Brown, Kai Jones. I mean, they've got all these big men, and they're starting to... They're winning with athleticism in the front court right now, and Jericho Sims, throw his name in there. I mean, they just kind of hit you in the mouth, time and time again, and then you've got all these different pieces from just the entire roster is just built. They're deep. They can play with anyone, I feel like. Defensively, they're fantastic. Then you've got Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman, guys that people have heard of that are are making an impact for them as well. So, I mean, this Texas team is fun. You and I didn't like them to start the season, but I've been impressed so far. Quality win against Indiana, a team that was probably going to be ranked if they had pulled off this win against Texas. Um, and it was I mean, they held, what, Indiana to its fewest points since, I want to say, 1990. Yeah, I believe I saw that right. Yeah. They held them to 44 points. They didn't make so, a field goal
0: for six minutes of the game, Indiana. It was really bad for them. And yeah, it was... They might and, and be stocked down, honestly. I didn't. Yeah, that's, them, a, but
1: that's a solid Indiana team, too.
0: Yeah, and it's just odd to me that they... They don't have enough shooters, Indiana. It's just... It's not... Like they have talent, but it's not all in a diverse place. It's it's kind of like think they they're just...
1: trying to figure it out right yeah. now. Yeah, whichever like Trey it's... Galloway is a is a freshman. Christian Lander was supposed to be one of their big guys for this year. He's a freshman. He's reclassifying. Rob Finnessy has kind of been disappointing to me so far. Yeah.
0: All right. So. Uh, what else you got for stock
1: up? Stock up. How about uh let's just go with the Big Ten. Big Ten stock up. You've got okay. three, four, five, and eight. Michigan State crushed Duke last night. Izzo gets his first win against K in the regular season. I know he's beaten him in the tournament a couple times, but stock up to the Big Ten, all right? Because down the ways in the in the rankings, you've got Ohio State, you've got Rutgers. I think Michigan kind of caught the cutter raw deal by by losing out on the rankings. Um I know they they played a couple close games, but they, they thumped Bowling Green in the opener. Um, and Bowling Green was a team that was projected to win the MAC. So I like where the Big Ten is right now. I mean, you and I both think Iowa's going to drop off at some point. But Wisconsin, Illinois, I'm impressed with what they've done so far. The conference overall has held strong. And I do think it is the best conference in college basketball right now. Really? So yeah. I, yeah, and Illinois is going to have its work cut out for them this week. And guess what? I'm ready to say it. I, I don't see how they lose to Duke. I, I really don't. I mean, I just don't think Duke is is a very good team right now. I think they're lost. I think they they're trying to figure some things out with their freshmen. They don't have the continuity. They don't like when you look at this Duke roster. Who do you look at and point to, and are like, "Yep, that's the leader of the team right now." Because maybe right Wendell now I don't. Uh, Yeah, Wendell Moore Matthew Hurt but I just don't see it out of them Joey Baker like those are the Jordan Goldwire those are the guys that are supposed to be kind of stepping up for you that's my thing with Kentucky they don't have to right now Yeah, Matthew Hurt kind of and and he's definitely shown it on the floor a little bit but everyone else has kind of slacked off a little bit and I don't see a, a definitive leader on that team like I do on some of these other top teams so I think Io uh, it him and Luca Garza are 1-2 right now, I would say, in the the Naismith watch.
0: Yeah, I got... I And put, this is I, super
1: early, but yeah.
0: Right. And I think Cade Cunningham, if his team was better, like I said, would be... And they've been playing well, so I guess I shouldn't say that. It's just the looming, they can't make it to the postseason thing is kind of tough to get your head around. But I think Garza has basically kind of wrapped up the Naismith already. When you look at his stats, he... He had 41 points and zero assists the other night. I, I joked as one of my stock downs that Luca Garza's teammate grade, which I'm sure it still would have been through the roof, but he didn't pass the ball once and he still was like dominant in the entire game. And it doesn't matter. I know they're playing against no one, but he's averaging 34 points a game. It's ludicrous what he's doing. He was 14 for 15 the other night from the floor. Gets the line a lot. He's been great. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's number one right
1: now. I think. If Dasumu can take Illinois ahead of Iowa, that's when you'll see him win it. Yeah, and sure, it may be tough for the committee to to shun a guy who might average thirty points per game this year. And if he averages thirty points per game, he's gonna win it. But and he could. I, it's it's wild, but I think he could. He really actually. could. Well, we'll see what happens these next couple of games. And once we get into the Big Ten ACC portion, and, and and they take on North Carolina. Like, how is he going to handle those North Carolina bigs? Because, sure, the the Big Ten may have lost some bigs, but there's still some very quality big men that he's going to have to go up against in conference play, too. Yeah,
0: really excited for Baylor, Illinois tonight. We're going to recap that, but that that's going to be a joy to watch. And DeSumo, I put stock up for him just... I think he's the most underrated player in the country right now. I don't know if it's just where I am in North Carolina, but I feel like no one really knows his name still. And I don't get it because he's averaging 26 points. What's that? Bill Walton does. Bill Walton loves that kid. (laughs) Right. And Bill Walton, I mean, that whole broadcast at at Maui has been something else to watch as expected. You've got got like delayed feeds, all that stuff. It's It's something. (laughs) Right. He, he will never change, and I, I guess I want him to change, but I also appreciate that he will never change at the same time when we're talking about Bill Walton. But 26 points per game for Desumu. He's shooting 43% from three. They barely uh, squeaked by Ohio, I think it was, and they played two other no-name teams, so the stats are a little inflated, and the Ohio thing was maybe a touch concerning, but I'm excited to watch them against Baylor. I, I still think Illinois has the highest ceiling of any team in the Big Ten.
1: I agree with that. I, Of all the teams in the Big Ten, I think they're most likely to get to the National Championship. And I I even picked them as one of my picks on my Twitter account to to go to the National Championship. So, I really like the prospects of the Illini, and they're so far showing up with a 3-0 start. And this Baylor game tonight is going to be very, very fascinating to me because you've got two teams, probably... Well, I guess you could throw Iowa into the mix of bringing guys back, but... I mean, these were two of the, the teams that brought back their most important pieces. When yeah. you look at Baylor, they're bringing back pretty much everybody, except for Freddie Gillespie from a year ago. And Illinois, you weren't sure if Io was going to come back. You weren't sure if Kofi was going to come back. But both of them are back. They're they're better than ever, let's be honest. And on top of that, you've got some, some freshmen that are in the mix, too, with with um, Adam Miller and Andre Kerbelow, who have both stepped up and have played big roles in some of their wins early on. I know they haven't played anyone yet, but that's going to change tonight, and it's going to be a really, really good game.
0: All right, I also got stock up the ACC's middle tier. And honestly, the ACC's middle tier of coaches, because Chris Mack, what he's doing at Louisville, they're down three of their best players and they're 4-0. They, they couldn't and have started better. They have some quality wins over Western Kentucky, beat Seton Hall by one point. And then you got Mike Young in November again, stock up again for him in November. And, and what Virginia Tech did, they beat Villanova, despite that, what I thought was kind of a garbage call against them at the end of the game, where Nova, I guess, was crafty and set the charge there. And everyone was kind of giving Jay Wright maybe a little bit too much credit for that. And I'm a huge Jay Wright guy. I think Nova overall still... Looks like one of the top teams in the country. Not too worried about them. But this ACC middle tier, I'll even throw in Clemson. Miami's look pretty good. Now, Georgia Tech has been a train wreck. But I think they're going to have maybe a couple more teams in the tournament than I thought initially going into the year.
1: And on top of that, you bring up the coaches. How about Mike Bray going out on Twitter, trying to schedule opponents. He says, "We'll, we'll go anywhere. We'll become healthy, all that stuff. And... I, I just loved seeing the reaction to that, too. I mean, everyone w- was, like, tagging their, their old rec, rec league buddies and, and saying, all right, let's get the band back together. And so, no, I, I like the creativity. I think we're going to see a lot of coach creativity on Twitter this season with, with these cancellations, trying to schedule. Maybe you go the Mike Bray route and, and put it out into the ether, trying to find a new opponent. So I, I liked watching that out of Mike Bray. And, I mean, his team hung tough with uh Michigan State, too.
0: Yeah. No, they've got a tough schedule, Mike Bray and, and Notre Dame coming up. Who else you got for stock up?
1: Um, stock up, well, we haven't really gone over Gonzaga yet, so let, oh, let yeah, me go into Gonzaga <laughs> because, I mean, they are your November national champions. Yeah. They they look a tier above everyone else right now. Everything's clicking for them. I mean, even you look at, they they had those that weird thing that happened to them on game day right before the Auburn game where you weren't sure if, the game was going to go off because apparently uh, one or two guys had tested positive, but I guess the the medical staffs of not just their school, not just Auburn, but all four teams at the event in, in Florida that they played, all of them said, "Yep, yeah, we're, we're good to go." So I found that to be a little bit weird, but yeah. Um. Uh, beside that, I mean, Ken Pom projects them to right now go undefeated. It's weird. Ken Palm projects them to go undefeated. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Um, non Ken Yeah, Ken Palm projects them to go undefeated right now. But when when it goes through like the pocket schedule version, it's got Ws next to every game. But then projected record, it's got twenty four and two. Don't know how that happens, but um, computer's broken. <laughs> the computer's broken. It's it's not it's not even Christmas yet. Computer's already malfunctioning. Um but yeah no Gonzaga's going to have its work cut out from them. They've got Iowa December 19th. Tonight they've got West Virginia. This weekend they've got Baylor in a in a 1-2 matchup. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this. And, and guess what? They have to play San Francisco uh twice this season and San Francisco already has the biggest win of the college basketball season when they upset Virginia. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how how Gonzaga navigates because they are a cut above the rest right now in terms of what I've seen. When you look at the offense, I mean, they've they've got two, you could say actually three, National Player of the Year candidates here. And I'm wondering if that's going to cut into their candidacy, because Jalen Suggs, I mean, as great as Cade Cunningham has been, Jalen Suggs, I think, has stolen the spotlight because he plays on yeah. the better team. Drew Timmy was phenomenal. We kind of hyped up Drew Timmy before the season, and how he could be a double-double machine, and... Almost replace what Petrov was doing, and then Corey Kisper, I feel like he's kind of fallen by the wayside, but at the same time, he's, he's averaging forty-four percent from three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he's he's out here just being Mr. Consistency for this team. So and then you get Andrew Nemhard. Yeah, he's so played loaded. pretty well it's, too. It's yeah. just it, it doesn't feel fair. I mean, this is the Warriors. They are the, the Golden State Warriors.
0: That that's the vibe I get from this team from watching them. It's amazing because it's Gonzaga. Like, sometimes you have to stop and think, how did this, how did we get to this point where Gonzaga's playing Kansas game one and they are clearly more talented? Now, Jayhawk fans will claim that it's the, uh, the recruiting violations, which is a, a legit thing. And I, I think that's a huge reason why Kansas is struggling a little bit to bring in the, the same level of talent that maybe their lofty standards are normally. But Gonzaga, every other team, I said, every team has, has stunk so far, and that's college basketball. That's college basketball week one. I don't know why we overreact every year to it. Gonzaga's well, the only you, exception. You know why?
1: The football zombies have eaten our brains, all right? We have our football thinking caps on where every yeah. game means everything, and we're in that we a weird football transition. football
0: game where, coming later today, yeah, Wednesday I mean, at 3.30. Exactly.
1: The NFL, the NFL is out to eat our minds right now, but football... What it does to you is it gets you into this mindset that every game means everything. I mean, think about the college football playoff. If Notre Dame loses, everyone's going to lose their mind out in South Bend because the season feels like it's going to be over, all right? Bama, uh, all those SEC teams, if you lose a game, your season feels over. Meanwhile, in basketball, if you lose a game, well, you got 29 to, to 35 more of these things, okay? So you just can't lose once you get to tourney time. So that's why everyone is kind of, everyone's in football mode right now. It happens every year. Once you get out of football mode, then you'll be good to go. Then you'll start to see these these teams, um, then you'll start to see the media react accordingly to everything and not drop Virginia out of the top 25 and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, it, it seems easy to overreact. and Gonzaga might lose in the coming days, but I really don't think that changes much because their team already to me has exceeded my already high expectations. I don't even know who their best player is. And it's, as you said, a Villanova type thing. You've got the, you talked about Timmy and Kispert. I, I joke and jokingly call them the headband bros sometimes because now they're both rocking the headbands. And then Suggs was just phenomenal in his first game. And you go on down the list, like this team has every position covered. They can do it on offense, obviously. They can do it in transition. They're lethal. They're, they can do it on defense a little bit, too. They can rebound. I just don't really see many flaws. And it's got to be a once-in-a-decade offense, probably, is what it's trending towards in college basketball. I'm trying to think, what other offenses? Maybe Villanova a couple times and Kentucky when they had Anthony Davis. There's been some great college basketball offenses this decade, and again, it sounds hyperbolic. It sounds like an overreaction week one thing. They might lose, but I still feel like this is a one of the best offenses we've seen in the past decade in college basketball. That's I mean, forget what offenses.
1: This is one of the best teams we've seen. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, we, we talked about this before the season. Sure, Virginia's got the best scheme defensively, and they've got great characters to, to fit to their scheme on defense. But Kansas has the most talent on defense. In terms of personnel, what you got, all right? Gonzaga went out and hung 102 on that team. So that kind of tells me everything I need to know about this offense. They've got 102, and then they've got 90. How many times a season are we going to see them put up 90 points? Huh? They play 26 regular season games. If you told me they put up 90 in 20 of them. It's NBA numbers. Probably, yeah. They they really are playing NBA, an NBA game in the college ranks right now.
0: And they're going to be in the, the West Coast Conference where, like you said, San Francisco, there's some decent. St. Mary's obviously always is there, and they've been a little shaky BYU. so far. Yeah, there's some good teams, but they're going to put up 80 and a half this year, maybe. Or at least 70, I'd say, I'm pretty comfortable saying, which is a high-scoring NBA half, and they'll do it in four less minutes on the court. And You want to set an over-under? Over For what their largest scoring total will be this year? For a total game? For a full game. Like 114.5? Maybe you have to go higher. I don't know. Listen, if you gave me that number, I would smash the over. Yeah. 120? I mean, what would you do then? I would still
1: probably take... I can see them getting 125 in a game this year.
0: Yeah. They are so good on offense. It's a joke. And... Like I said, everyone else has looked shaky. Kansas shoots 30% the other night. It doesn't matter. Gonzaga was the one team where that game was super fun to watch. And that was the first big game of the year. And it, I didn't really care about it was Thanksgiving, the scouting, too. Game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't care about the, the NFL games that, that were going on at that point because I yeah. wanted to watch this well, Kansas offense. Crappy. I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Or I, I wanted to watch the Gonzaga offense, rather. Um, but no, I mean, this is the, the Golden State Warriors, the Kansas City Chiefs of offense right now. They are just absolutely running through everyone in sight. They're doing it with pace. They're top 40 in the country right now in pace per Ken Palm. They're they're shooting at an unbelievably efficient rate. They've got the number one offense per Ken Palm. And, I mean, when the offense plays that well, listen, the, this offense is so good, I don't even care about the defense. And the defense is still really good for this team.
0: Yeah. All right, my final stock up, then we can get to your final ones and then stock downs here. I just want to shout out Jared Grosso, the Brian head coach, because I thought his post-game Stand up remarks, to the man! Yeah, I mean, he he kind of gave it to Jim Beheim, and the way he did it was perfect. It was respectful. It was something that I think was called for. He got out there and basically, for if, if those that haven't seen, Beheim complained that they should have canceled the game, and it sounded like he was making some excuses— and it got relayed back to Grasso in the post game after they almost beat Cuse. They lost by one in the Dome off of the 14-day quarantine period for Syracuse because Bayheim tested positive, and that's why he wanted to cancel the game, or allegedly that's what he said. And he was like, look, we talked about it five, six times. We tried to move it back. We tried to move it back. We wanted it to be fair for them. They didn't want to cancel the game. So for them to say that is blatantly wrong, and it's false. And he said, I know I'm not supposed to say this because he's a Hall of Famer and I'm a nobody, but... That's just the truth, and that's the fact of the matter. And I thought that was awesome that he said it. He also was sidelined from their last game with a back injury, so hopefully he gets back on the court. So his back is stocked down. But I thought his whole (laughs) press game, or his post-game press conference, the way he coached his team against Bryant, he's an up-and-coming great coach in college basketball. Yeah,
1: he he is a really, really special guy. And uh, listen, his integrity kind of got called into question, and – he wasn't afraid to stand up for himself, even though it was against a Hall of Fame coach. And he is, quote unquote, a nobody for now. But I think you're right. I think that guy's got, he's one of those guys where, okay, if Bryant goes out and wins the NEC, gets in the tournament, gets in as maybe like a 13 or a 14 seed. Yep.
0: New job. They could knock him. someone off. Yeah.
1: New job for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would hire him if I was even, maybe not Wichita State, but like right now but i think he he's going to get to that level where we know his name soon. So any other yes. stock ups you got?
1: Uh no, that that pretty much has all of mine. Can i here. I can kick us off for stock down though. Cool. Um ESPN has my first stock down because did you see what they did <laughs> with Zaire Williams on a graphic? They called no. him Zaire Williamson. All right. Uh, come on. The, the, this fat be has passed. Than that. the come on. I mean we get it, all right? Zion made, made your life for, what was it, like eight months of the calendar year from the time he, he shined in the Champions Classic all the way until he was the number one pick and then now he is in the NBA. But come on, we've got to be better than this. Uh, I think I saw this from, from Stucky from, um, from Action Network. He tweeted this out. It's just embarrassing that the sport still is going to cling on to the the ghost of Zion Williamson at this point. I mean, we're two years removed now, and, and Duke is not even good anymore. It's it's all a, a giant, like, I, I just, I hate the fact that Z, just because his name starts with a Z, and he has yeah. Williams in it, it's an automatic Zaire Williamson. And it's, listen, Zaire Williamson, we kind of talked about him already. He, he is unbelievable. Wait, you he just be, did it.
0: You said Zaire Williamson. You, you had ESPN. Did in your head. I? Oh, my. Yeah. Now, ESPN's eating my brain.
1: Like, <laughs> right. Th- this is this is what we've come to now where the sport just is still going to cling on to Zion Williamson. And uh, it's a shame. It, it's quite the shame. So, um, we might have to call him Zaire Williamson for the rest of the, the year because he's good. He could, yeah. he could be the number one pick, too. Like, we talked about Cade Cunningham a lot, and I would take him number one if I was an NBA team right now. But. Zaire Williamson is in the conversation as as the number one overall pick.
0: Yeah, and maybe the Celtics won't pass on him like fellow Stanford guy, Terrell Terry, who is still eating at me a little <laughs> right. bit in, in the late first round. Anyway, one of my stock downs is... I got a couple coaching stock downs here. First one, Josh Passner. Just, I mean, supposed to be Georgia Tech's Yikes. year. Yikes, like... Is, is is he going to get fired soon? I mean I know it's tough times and everything and it's tough to say. But you lose in four overtimes to Georgia State, then you lose to Mercer. They were supposed to be at the 6 or 7 mark of the ACC in a lot of preseason polls and they just don't look well coached out there and it's getting to the point where are we sure that he's the the guy in Georgia Tech? I think he's brought in a lot of talent, he's also brought in a lot of violations and everything with them they somehow got away with serving a postseason ban last year when there was no postseason, essentially. I mean, they, I guess, missed out on an ACC tournament game, but congrats. Like, that was a huge break for them. And you see teams like Auburn this year imply this postseason ban. It's kind of a problem because Auburn's just doing it because they know they're not that good, and this is a good year for them to, to use it, and they use it to their advantage a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech is... I don't know what happened because they were pretty good last year. People forget that just because of the An fact ACC that they were, banned from, yeah. Yeah, they were banned from the tournament and the ACC tournament, but they were going to be the fifth seed in the ACC tournament. Now, the ACC probably would have been a four-bid league, so being five in a, a four-bid league isn't that impressive. But, I mean, what's to say that they couldn't have maybe have stolen that fifth spot and potentially have gotten into the tournament last year? and to see it all kind of fall apart this year, despite bringing back most of the important pieces. I mean, Moses, uh, Moses Wright is back. You've got Jose Alvarado, who's also back. I mean, Georgia yeah. Tech's got the pieces that it had last year, and they're just not delivering now in the early portions of the season and stringing off some embarrassing losses. Yeah. Um, we can get, well, who else do you have stocked down? Stocked down, I've got the one-and-done rotunda. I talked about how freshmen <laughs> have been so great and a lot of people hopefully these aren't maxi moments all right and what i mean by that is tyrese maxi we saw him go off the first week in the champions classic for kentucky and then he kind of quieted off the rest of the season some people thought his performance wasn't sustainable those people largely were right towards the i was one remainder of those people. Of the let me season. just claim you were one that. of those people one i was not my, one of those people
0: yeah one of my good picks not not the uh, Oklahoma State is gonna threaten to win the big twelve pick right. from me that that did not pan out. We had several bad ones, or I did, but that was one so of the
1: Maxi moment are the freshmen who shine in the the first week of the season and then they kind of teeter off. like Tyrese Maxi was getting buzzed to be a top five pick. what well, he ended up going like nineteen maybe outside the top twenty um in the NBA draft, so he slipped throughout the the course of the regular season. If I gave you the three names, all right? Zaire Williams. Jalen Suggs, Kate Cunningham, who had their maximum. Who who's gonna peel off more towards the end, towards the end of the season?
0: So statistically, probably Jalen Suggs. I think from a national standpoint, though, it's hard to not put the Stanford guy. Unfortunately, just because it's West Coast and he played in Maui, so that was a big spotlight. But now, it, are people really gonna stay up for Zaire Williams? Like, I hope so. I, I think. More than Can
1: he be Lonzo Ball is basically what you're
0: asking. I don't think he can. And those other two guys, I really think they're legit dudes. Cade Cunningham, I could not see. There's no Tyrese Maxey in Cade Cunningham whatsoever. I wouldn't even entertain that one. Jalen Suggs, maybe because his stats are going to go down and Gonzaga is not going to score 100 maybe every game. And then, you know, he just had such an unreal... The way he started the game, he... He his first play of college, he dunks on some dude and gets teed up, and it's like, "Holy crap! Hello world! Jalen sucks. This guy is as advertised." And they kept bringing up that he played football. That that got a little nauseating, yeah. but he's but it's he's a the cool new story. Kai Bowman. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm just wondering
1: if he turned down uh, Nick Saban. But okay, anyway, back to my original point, a- and I would agree with you. I think that it it is probably Zaire Williams that gets the the bump down as we go, but I still think he can be a phenomenal talent. Anyway, the one and done rotunda is Kentucky, it's Duke. Both of those teams lose in the Champions Classic. Both of those teams, I mean Kentucky just they haven't figured it out with their transfers, with their new guys. And again, Cal has his toughest coaching job ahead of him right now. He lost 94% of his scoring from a year ago. So the fact that he is known for the the retool every single year, and he's got his biggest retool job of his entire career right now, I think is saying something.
0: I they think they'll end up being fine, though. Richmond's yeah, a good long team. Term. Richmond's so, a good team.
1: And we, we forgot Richmond in our stock up. That's a team that should have been top yeah, 25. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I love, I love that this happens every year, all right? There's one big upset to open up the season, and then everyone goes, oh, well, that team should have been top 25 anyway. Well, <laughs> and, and, and listen, for the most part, it's usually true. But Richmond is that team this year. They should have been top twenty-five to start the season, no matter what, because they are that good out of the A-10. And we kind of talked about them when we were doing our, our SoundCloud artist portion,
0: saying, "Hey, yeah. this is a team that A-10. They should be getting an at-large bid." So I said they could make the Sweet Sixteen elite eight. I stand by that. It might not happen, but that they have the highest ceiling of any mid-major, I'd say.
1: Yeah, very well, aside from Gonzaga, but.
0: Yeah, the, okay. of all those teams,
1: I mean, they they are phenomenal. I love watching Richmond. Uh, Gilliard's fantastic, and then, but back to my point, Kentucky and Duke have not figured this thing out with their freshmen so far. And I get it's only been two to three games, but Duke with a a ten point win against Coppin State in Cameron, albeit Cameron is not some sort of uh, home court advantage. I I don't know. I mean, Mrs K needs to start making some noise in
0: the stands. Yeah, something, I had something. to get her some, down get her some noise crazies because yeah. that it, it was so dull it was weird watching a game in Cameron. that more was than any the other most menu.
1: yeah that was the most depressing i think in in order of the wtf of of seeing an empty crowd i think it goes cameron then like 500 feet of poo and then you go like the champions classic because of the fact that the Champions Classic, there's so much pageantry and fanfare around it because it's in an NBA arena. It's either in Chicago or Indianapolis every year. Those are great basketball cities. And then you've got the the college football playoff, usually releasing in between games. And you didn't have that this year. So you you had it lead into the the games themselves. So I, I was a little disappointed by that. I usually like having that as the little buffer in between games while everyone's warming up. So... Stock down to the the one-and-done rotunda because Duke hasn't figured it out. Kentucky hasn't figured it out. Of the two teams that you've seen so far, which one do you think is more likely to spend time outside the top 25 the longest?
0: Probably Kentucky. I'm not totally out on Duke yet. I like them more going into the season. I had more concerns about Kentucky going in. And I do think Kentucky will probably make it back to the top 25 by the end of the year. And same goes for Duke, of course. I think Duke is still a top 15 team right now. I was disappointed, though. Like, I didn't think Michigan State even played that great. They shot it pretty well. But Duke gets off to a good start. And then they just looked really bad from that point on. So I'm with you. They they both have a lot of work to do.
1: If you could re-tier your tears of joy, would Duke and Kentucky be in your
0: wooden still? Duke, I would put in there. Kentucky, I'd probably drop out. I think Kentucky was already number 9 on my top 10, and I just don't really see it. They don't have enough talent. I mean, they have talent, but it still doesn't pop off the page. Like Terrence Clark and Boston are really good. I just feel like there's not as much as normal, and the turnover this year especially hurts even more because it's such a weird year, and they didn't have the appropriate practice time and all that. To me, I would drop Kentucky and Duke, I think. Really? Because okay. th-
1: this Duke team has the makings of a good team, not a, a special team. Like yeah. the Zion, RJ, Cam, Trey Jones team, that was a special team. I don't know if this team has
0: that. And would you the- add anyone? I don't really think there's been anyone that would be I don't think I would add anyone. Yeah. No. You know who I might add, actually? might add Houston. Really? Okay. Yeah, they I was high on, on them. through but- the first week. I don't know if i'd go totally there i can't really see houston again they would be a fringe
1: team but
0: i might add houston yeah we'll see they've been good all right a couple other coaches for me stocked down penny hardaway just a great job getting in the talent it's getting a little concerning the offensive sets are just tough to watch they lose to western kentucky who's a good team but then they also just get beat pretty badly by vcu and they had tons of turnovers, and it just looks sloppy. Their defense, and they play hard. They're athletic. It's just not coming together on offense for them, and and I have some concerns about him kind of as an offensive mind going forward. And then your boy Nate Oates. I think we have to yeah. put him stock down. I I know you love him. I love him too. The weird thing is, I don't know if you saw the stat, but the Alabama-Stanford game, they were – there's this uh, Twitter page, Shot Quality. It's great. It It keeps track of, like, basically – what the chances were of one team winning based on the shots they got as opposed to the other team. And sometimes it's an indicator of maybe that was a fluke loss, maybe that was a fluke win, etc. Shot quality, this is they said it was one of the most appalling ones they've had in the history of doing their, really? their uh, uh, statistics. Shot quality said that Alabama was supposed to beat Stanford by 12 in the game, and they lost by 18. So they got much better shots than Stanford and somehow got boat race completely. Like 18 was generous. They kind of came back to make it 18 and they have so much talent there. I just couldn't figure out why they were so bad in that first game.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I just found this Twitter page. I just pulled it up for the first time and this is awesome. I'm yeah. definitely going to be using some of this. It's now. a
0: great for bets too. If you see a team that is struggling a little yeah, bit perfect and then you for can for live through. Yeah. 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 So, it's, it's a good page
1: that that's awesome i'm going to definitely keep some tabs on that but yeah no you're right memphis and alabama those are two teams that i bet on a little bit this week because i thought that that they were teams that the lines didn't make a lot of sense to me and based on the shot quality things that you're you're passing along to me here seems like i'm probably a little bit right in that yeah they could be in for a permission, i guess
0: memphis
1: was unbelievable in their opener they crushed saint mary's 73 56 to open up the season and i thought okay are we sleeping on this memphis team a little bit because they could be pretty good boogie ellis was fantastic in the first game i thought landers nolly would be doing a lot more um but he's kind of good early he looked good early but he yeah and then i just i'm waiting for lester quinones to to make the jump and we haven't seen that Moose Cease, I think is pretty good. He's their their five star big man that they bought brought in this year. So I'm I'm a little skeptical to see what happens with Memphis moving forward. They're dropped down to 49 in and Ken Pomer. You're right. Alabama has been very and and we're talking about a two and one Alabama team right now. Um, they did go out and they beat uh, UNLV last night, but that Stanford game. I mean, no defense. They they played none of it. Yeah. And and that was I think the most disheartening thing because what do you get when you think of Nate Oates?
0: It's hard-nosed,
1: scrappy, defensive. What's that team.
0: award he gives out? Or he the gave blue, blue out collar Buffalo? award. And I think Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think he changed it. It's like a, a the hard hat award now at, down in Alabama because you hmm. can't really call it the blue collar award when you're you're playing for the Crimson Tide, but I'm I don't know. I mean, this Alabama team, I think, they need to find themselves defensively because 82 to Stanford and and 74 to UNLV, they looked flat on defense, and I don't know what's going to happen with them moving forward. They need their guys to start stepping up defensively if if they want to have any sort of chance because I'm looking at their Ken Palm right now. They're 55th in defensive efficiency. Sure, it's a small sample size of just three games, but this is a team that really should be in the top 30. Like, they've, they've got so the athletes, they've got so much talent, yeah. and maybe we're just kind of blinded because it's a lot of offensive talent, but they've got guys who are grinders out there. I mean, John Petty, I think, can yeah. be a good defensive player. Her- Athletic Jones, guys, they, they should translate. Jaden yeah. yeah. So I, I've i been so very, very disappointed. For, and,
0: yeah.
1: th- listen, they don't have a lot of height on this team either. I mean, I'm looking through their That's starting trip. lineup, and Bruner's 6'10", but everyone else is pretty much in the 6'6 range, 6'4". Um. So they're rolling with a lot of guards out there on the floor at most of the time.
0: Yeah. No. I just it's it's one game. Maybe the shot quality thing leads us to believe that it was an outlier. It could be. But I was expecting more from them. And I watched that game, and I was just like, "What is going on, NATO?" It's like like figure this crap out a little bit. So hopefully they do. But what else you got for stock down?
1: Um, stock down. What? Where are my other stock down? Oh, stock down. Texas Tech. I mean. I don't. Again, I didn't love Texas Tech heading into the season, but that effort against Houston was appallingly bad. Like yeah. I, I could not believe that Texas Tech w- would submit a performance like that. And we're not going to get to to see a lot of what the real Texas Tech is. I mean, the, these next couple games that they have: Grambling State, Abilene Christian, Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Those are the Abilene next three Christian, games.
0: Christian, they made you some money, right? In game one? Uh, the yes, they did. They, they, were my,
1: they were the first game of the season, so I had to take them, um, right. w- which is definitely not the mindset that people should be having, but uh, play responsibly. Um, <laughs> but the their first game of conference play, December 17th, and you're facing Kansas. That I want to see what Texas Tech team shows up for that game, because Houston smacked them in the mouth, and... Again, this is a team that wasn't challenged the first two games. They played Northwestern State and Sam Houston State. And again, I get it. It's not easy to schedule this year. You weren't in any of the the big tournaments really. Although you you played Houston on a neutral floor. Um, But I want to see. Because the first couple games, they've got Kansas and then Oklahoma. And then they've got Oklahoma State as their third game in conference. So it's going to be a very interesting start to the conference slate for them. Most of those games are at home too in Lubbock, so I, I just have not been impressed with with Texas Tech. That that game against Houston I think told me a lot and I don't know, maybe it's the, my football brain that's overreacting a little bit, but that was flat. That was a flat effort. It felt like felt like a pretty selfish effort too. Not not a lot of great ball movement in that game yeah. either. And they've got the pieces. I mean, Mac McClung, what is he going to end scoring. up doing? Yeah, Marcus he, yeah. Santos, Santos Silva, Terrence Shannon, Kyler Edwards. I mean, you're bringing back a lot of really talented players
0: and you're not getting a lot out of them in the big moment so far. I, I'll be honest. I think you're overreacting a little bit to Texas Tech, but that's, that's just me. I, I think Houston's also really good and I'm high on them. And it sounds like you are too, obviously, by threatening to put them in your woodens or your revised woodens. Final stock down I have, and I didn't even think, he could lower his stock some more, but TV Teddy, I mean, he's at it again. It's just like, he's so loud. And now you can even hear him even more without the fans. He's, I just, I've had enough of his stick and it's kind of fun because then it leads to us texting with our friends about it. And it just becomes a topic on Twitter and it's, like, it adds something. I get it. It's almost like I don't like Bryson DeChambeau in golf, but I understand his purpose, and I actually enjoy watching him, even though I, like, don't root for the guy personally. But it's a little tiring at times when he's doing the crap he was doing the other night. That, did you see uh, Titus and
1: Tate? So they're at Maui right yeah. now. And they talked, or the, so they, they can hear everything. Because they're in an empty gym, essentially. And they heard TV Teddy. This was the, the UNC Stanford game. He's buttering up uh, Zaire Williams. They're, they're talking back and forth. And they're like chit-chatting, just making small talk. And the next time down the floor, Zaire Williams gets that steal. And then he dunks it. And he does a little pull-up on the rim. Technical. And, <laughs> technical, yeah. Right away. I mean, one of the fastest I've ever seen anyone ever give out. Boom, he's calling these charges. You know, w- one of my friends, he got his first taste of the the TV Teddy experience and he, he just couldn't believe it. He could, once, once I pointed him out, I was like, all right, just watch that ref for the rest of this game. And he did. And he was just as appalled as you and I.
0: Yeah, he had, I was listening to the game on radio because I was driving the UNC game. And there was one point where he was so audible on the radio and Jones Angel, the UNC play-by-play guy was like, well, I'm pretty sure you heard TV Ted Valentine there. I don't know if you said TV in front of it, but the way he referred to it was hilarious. And it was him being caught going, no, that's my bad. That's an offensive foul. Not, not a travel offensive foul going this way. And it was like the oddest thing to hear because, you know, you don't usually hear the refs that clearly, but I right. guess it is it is partially because the uh, the lack of fans as well. Yeah, no, I mean, wasn't he supposed to retire? I thought he retired. I don't know, dude. He, what brought him back? He's come out and like the Quinn Cook thing was his final straw, I thought, and but he can't get away from it. I think it's a drug for him. He just has to yeah. be in the national spotlight. Needs the
1: spotlight. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Any other stock downs from you before we get out of here?
1: No, that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess the last one, and I kind of already hit on it a little bit, was the 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 no crowds. It, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Cameron's not the same. The, the Champions Classic's not the same. We'll see what the Jimmy V Classics like tonight, um, but I don't think it's going to be worse than those last two. But seeing an empty RUP, an empty fog, an empty Carrier Dome, it's going to be weird this year. It's going to be so weird.
0: Yeah, my my final stock down. I forgot to mention Washington's offense. They look terrible. They had eleven uh, field goals, twelve turnovers in the first twenty-seven the offense. minutes. Washington looked
1: terrible. Yeah, well, Again, the entire team.
0: UC Riverside, they got blindsided, so they they've got some things to figure out there, but. We'll recap that Jimmy V Classic. There's a lot of big games coming up this week. We're pumped up for that, and, you know, it's it's getting to the point now where we're we're trending towards December, or we are in December. We're trending towards conference play, and maybe we'll start sort of evaluating where the conferences are at too and, and maybe re-tiering them or something as we get closer. But we're here with you, trying to do two days a week. Maybe some weeks we'll do one, but just based on the game flow and everything, we'll get our... Uh, Our next spot, I think we'll get in our picks for the weekend a little bit, too. And I'd like to start tracking those maybe on Twitter or something. We can get them out there and then keep track of what our records are and strum up a little friendly competition between you and me, Ty, maybe as the season goes along. Done and done. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter. It's at made the number four March. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at TylerRocky underscore. I'm at Tim underscore Leonard four. And we'll talk to you guys later on in the week. The game was over.